All right, here we go, guys. We're back again. Welcome to the Davis Fitness Method podcast. You know who it is. And I think we're going to start calling this one Monday Muscles. Max uh, Max kind of coined that one for us. So this week, we're going to be talking about the trapezius. And for those of you that don't really know what that is, of course, you know, we go through the origins and insertions on these. But if you were to, uh, if you were to go up towards your neck and then move to the left or the right of, depending on which shoulder you grab, that kind of like spot where most people are like, oh, that kind of, that kind of aches. It feels a little tight right up into your, your neck there. That's your upper trap. So it goes from the external occipital protuberance, which is basically like this high backside of your neck where it like meets your head almost. And then the neutral, neutral ligament, and then it goes into the spinous process, which is like the processes on your spine, like that pointy, basically your spine, uh, of C7 all the way to uh, the T12, which is like almost into what would be like your mid to lower back. So it goes all the way down your spine that way. And then it inserts to the lateral third of the clavicle, your acromion, and the spine of the scapula, which kind of means it makes this like diamond type shape or like this trap type shape um, into your, from your head out to your shoulders and then back into that lower, lower mid back area. Um, and it's kind of, its main job is like what most people would know from like a muscle action standpoint is like, I can shrug the shoulders, I can push my shoulders down and I can pinch my shoulders back. It mostly does those things. Like if we were to take it through a few motions, that would be mostly what it does. It works with the serratus anterior to like help with the scapula's position and scapulohumeral rhythm, which is basically the rate at which the humerus and the scap rotate together to uh, create appropriate movement or healthy shoulder mechanics. It'll help you also to stay upright. So based on its attachments to your skull, it could help you to do what would be like keep your head from falling forward so it can keep, uh, pull it back. It um, can keep things isometrically stable. So it's often blamed for like people's neck tension because that's where you're feeling it. Um, but oftentimes that's because the scap itself is unstable and the trap ends up having to do more work and it's staying in one position. So we're going to talk about how we can train it um, and in various positions so that we can potentially alleviate some of that tension in through the traps. Um, also, it's commonly mistaken for the levators. Uh, the levator at attaches directly. We could do a podcast on the levators. We probably won't because most people aren't trying to get big old monstrous traps uh, or levators. They want big traps, not big levators. Uh, and for those of you that don't want big traps, you still want strong traps so that your neck doesn't hurt all the time. Uh, and you can basically uh, find out how and when you, you might already be training it. So um, for some best practices, um, you kind of want to take your arms through a a series of different positions, but they're probably going to reflect some sort of row variation, like the, with your elbows wide, 
row variation so that you can work into retraction. That's when you pinch your shoulder blades back together and then move them all the way into protraction, which is when you would get the most length on those mid-trap muscles, is reaching forward as far as you can. Uh, so almost that upper back goes um, a little bit round to create a stretch on that backside. Now, it's important to get into that position because a lot of times, based on people's center of mass, uh, it tends to be more onto their toes. So what that does is it leads people to feeling like they're constantly falling off of a cliff. Your body feels like that. You might not feel like that. You might feel balanced, but your body feels like it's being pushed off a cliff. So what happens is, is shoulders get pinched back together. The back arches a little bit. The pelvis dumps forward. More of the weight goes on your toes. Your hamstrings feel tight all the time. Your low back feels tight all the time. And your traps feel tight all the time. So the reason we want to be able to get into that protraction is because it's actually going to take the traps from being concentric all the time, so being shortened all the time, to now relaxed and lengthened. Now, the opposite can also be true. So based on um, somebody having a high degree of internal rotation at the shoulder, the traps could be, um, or the lower trap could be in a lengthened position. Um, you can find yourself with that anteriorly rotated shoulder girdle, which can be like shortened of the upper traps as well. So we want to learn basically how to move through all these planes up, down, forward, backward, and get full movement, a full excursion of the shoulders so that you're not necessarily stuck and toned in one position. So um, doing some form of shrug, be it overhead or hands at your side with dumbbells or cables, um, it might be slightly better based on the orientation of the muscles of the upper trap to have something that comes in at a bit of an angle versus something that's completely vertical. So like a dumbbell would pull straight up and down. Uh, so that would be a ver vertical, which might be more in line with your levator scap. And um, with the upper trap, uh, we kind of want to think about, like, we want to think about when we're shrugging that we're kind of pulling it as if like we're trying to pull our shoulders back and up but like slightly behind our head as if there was something like towards the the back side of our head and we're trying to get our shoulders to point at that so instead of pulling straight up towards our ears we'd kind of work our shoulders back a little bit and get a little bit of a squeeze in that direction that's going to allow um for you to work more in line with what the trap does versus what the levator scap does. Um, so a few different um, vertical shrug variations would be like with a barbell in front of you, with dumbbells, you could do it with a trap bar. That might be slightly better because it has a fixed wide arm position. Um, but I also know that not a lot of places have trap bars, especially at commercial gyms. You might look at a low cable shrug. This would be a good variation because based on the shrug, uh, based on the cable, we could position ourselves to have it come at a bit more of an angle you can find a uh those lever machines so the machines at like an la fitness um it's fixed arm width and then you plate load on the side and you grab it and you start shrugging um, but you could also do unilateral shrugs with a smith machine or a stabilized barbell like a, a rack or a landmine like just having it up against something um, but it's also good instead of just having the loads that pull 
straight down um, with your arms at your side is considering getting your arm in the overhead position um, because we know that the traps also work uh, to help our arm into upward rotation. Getting our arm in an unstable overhead position uh, can help to train the traps in those positions so it can be more helpful. So doing like a barbell overhead shrug, doing a, a trap or a Swiss bar shrug overhead, uh, cables, again, you could do a, now, this one would definitely be harder to do, um, but something like a handstand shrug would work as well. And then maybe a stable variation of the same thing would be like an overhead shrug, a Smith machine overhead, um, like a, a regular landmine overhead um, would make things more stable. And then you could drive output. So if we're really struggling with the strength of that muscle, you want to start with something that's more um, externally stable. Then we can work to something that's a bit more unstable. Now, in terms of, uh, we've talked before about repetitions and fiber types. So what we know about the traps are that they're mostly type one, which would mean that they are slow to exhaust. Now, in the case of the traps, they're still very strong. So it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to pick high repetition exercises for them. It's just that there's just a higher concentration of these type one fibers, which might mean that we can get away with using higher repetitions. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go light. Um, I would also say that, again, it is important how we execute our exercises because we, as we've said, as we've noted in other podcasts, as something begins to grow hard, we try to find other ways to compensate. So if I go from doing my shrug that's a bit more pinched back to now I'm going more towards my like more directly vertical instead of back, and now I'm incorporating more of my elevator, that's going to make a huge difference on what's being developed and uh, whether or not you get a headache. So uh, <laughs> try to keep your neck still when you're training your traps um, based on its origin. If we're moving our neck, if we're moving our back, we're affecting where that muscle is in space. And effectively, we want to have two fixed points, and then one point is moving towards the other point instead of both points moving at the same time um so mo most of the fibers of the lower region of the trap it's like 80 percent type one and then it's like the remaining fibers are like type 2a which would be like 18 percent and then it's similar of the muscle like of the middle regions of the the trap it's roughly 66 to 76 percent are type one and then for the upper if there was one that was going to be more type two it's going to be the upper traps so that's going to be predominantly in those shrugging variations whereas the lower trap um which would be the bottom portion of that diamond shape that we were mentioning earlier that one's going to be more type one which would be like slower twitch harder to exhaust and it is also going to be involved a lot in our other exercises. So when we're trying to, like, let's say, 
train our bench press and we're trying to keep our shoulders down away from our ears. When a lot of the exercises where like ex- we're trying to externally rotate the shoulder or when we first try to initiate um, our like reaching our arm up and not shrugging right away, that's when we're going to be using that lower trap. If we're doing a cross body tricep push down and we don't want our shoulders to dump forward, that's when we're going to be using our lower trap because it's responsible for depression. So if I, the moment I go to do a tricep push down, if my shoulders round forward, that upper there, that lower trap is being lengthened. So in order to keep that down, we're not maybe necessarily training the lower trap in its muscle action in terms of like just creating depression through length and then shortening. It's like, it's actually isometrically keeping that lower trap engaged and improving its ability to stay in that position, right? So if we were going to think of any of these as like positional based, it would probably be that lower trap section. Whereas as we move into the mid and upper trap, they're likely going to be more involved in like either heavier lifting or in, uh, in moving that shoulder in space, be it backward, be it upward. Um, in those heavier lifts, whereas the, the lower trap is going to be mostly responsible for like, how does it help to contribute into keeping the shoulder in the appropriate place while the other ones try to move the shoulder into upward rotation and the lower traps will also move into, or help to work the scap into upward rotation, which is just a fancy way of saying, getting the scap to move appropriately as that arm moves up. Cause for for the arm to move up at a certain point, the first 60 degrees that we lift our arms up towards the ceiling, the first 60 degrees, you don't necessarily need the scap to move. Once we try to move above 60 degrees, the scap has to begin to move. But if the scap was moving in those first 60 degrees, it's going to affect what happens later in that movement and where force is applied. So what might be more interesting in terms of the traps and its fiber typing is maybe how long the rest periods need to be based on their low fatigability you probably don't need as much rest with them as you might with something that was more type 2 because it takes longer for it to exhaust we can do more in our efforts to exhaust it so if we keep the rest periods a little bit shorter, we might be able to um, get to full work capacities more quickly with these type one fibers. So training them, training them hard, and then going again, you just might not, they might not fatigue as quickly as you might think. Um, so consider when you're training these in terms of like frequency of training, Consider the crossover from exercises like your deadlifts, your rows, your lateral uh, raises, um, other exercises that are kind of incorporating some attachment into that trap in that scap. Uh, because I might not need to do a bunch of heavy shrugs if I just did some deadlifts. Deadlifts were already attempting to rip my shoulders off of my body and um, basically everything else on the backside. So I might not need to do as much heavy trap work, but 
it's also important for you to know just if we're in, if we were incorporating like total amounts of work towards like volume of the the traps and then like if i'm doing a bent over barbell row with heavy amounts of retract retraction of the shoulders you might not have picked that as a mid trap exercise you might have thought oh i'm trying to target my lats and while you're probably getting some lats you're also probably getting some mid traps so doing a ton of direct mid trap work when we already have some rows going we just don't want to fully exhaust it to the point where we're overtraining that muscle. The lateral raises are probably going to have less of an implication. They'll get some work there, but probably more from those heavy rows and those uh, heavy deadlifts. And I do think that a lot of the rows, when the intention is appropriate and focused on your upper back, that you should know that that is going to be more for your mid-trap, your rhomboids and rear delts than just your lats. Like if you're targeting your upper back, you're not targeting like upper lats or upper inside lat. You're probably going predominantly for um, your mid traps. So um, just knowing that your your upper traps are going to draw the lateral portion of your clavicle where your scapula meets the delt towards your neck and slightly back and up. That's when you want. That's how you want to focus on like some of the technique work there. Um, again, like a lot of people will naturally kind of flex their neck when they're doing shrugging, which is gonna kind of it can. Uh, we just don't want to overdo that. So just being being careful when we're doing that to keep our neck still while we're training. I know we mentioned that earlier. Um, lots of lots of um, lots of people when they're training their traps, um, I do think tend to not get the full excursion of the traps. They'll load it really heavy. And then they kind of, they kind of, the more movement at the neck that they create, the more they think their shoulder is coming up towards their ear, but it's more than bringing their head down to their shoulder. If that makes sense, it, it looks like the shoulders are coming up. But in reality, they might have moved the shoulder up a touch and then the rest of it came from the neck kind of cocking back. So if we're wanting to get that full excursion, it's like, all right, keep your neck still and get that clavicle to kind of come up towards your head instead of your head to come down towards your clavicle. So making sure that we're getting that full excursion just from that ability to shrug our shoulder up versus move our head down, the back of our head down, right? Um... And then when it comes to lower trap training, you don't need to do a ton of Y raises, um, but the overhead reaching is great. Um, Things with the lower trap are probably going to be more its interplay in other exercises to help stabilize the shoulder. So like I said, the uh, cross body tricep pushdowns, maybe a low reaching cable uh, like bicep curl. Um, other exercises where we're maybe doing, uh, like our, during our chin-ups or our pull-ups where we try to keep the scaps down, um, they're going to be involved in trying to stabilize the scap. So the more that we can do there, the more that it's going to be able to assist in the, the appropriate movement at the shoulder. And that's probably where our focus should lie. Heavy shrugs, uh, likely have their place, lighter, higher repetition shrugs 
have their place. I would say for somebody who is first learning, we want to take something from our ability to do it for higher repetitions or what we would call capacity or endurance. So learning that first, then we move to how much we load it. And then when we want to, that would be harder, right? More difficult. And then when we want to move to a more complex skill or any exercise, we're going to implement speed. So if you find yourself doing something very quickly early on, it's likely to hide instability. So we want to start first by moving slowly, work our endurance and our positioning, then move to load, then move to speed versus jumping to speed too quickly, not performing the exercise properly. It looks like a bowl of jello. It just kind of wiggles. It's, it's moving fast, but nothing's really happening, right? So like making sure that we're getting tension applied to the muscles that we're attempting to train, that is going to be the most important with any and all exercises that we do. Uh, we want to move from endurance, load, then speed. And then uh, we would, we would, we'll probably go into this at some point, but eventually it's like we want to move through what is like the front to back plane, uh, side to side plane, and then rotational plane. Like the transverse plane is going to be the most difficult. Uh, but that's a conversation for different muscle groups and more how these things all combine and work together versus what we're just doing with the traps. So, not that the traps aren't super complex. They do a lot of things. They're involved in a lot of motions. But for us talking about them in an isolated context, this is kind of what they do. This is kind of how we should train them. And if you have questions, shoot them over to us at Stephen at davismitnessmethod.com. We'll throw them up into our Q&As, and then we can go more in-depth there. But we're kind of working our way through all of these muscles, what most people would care to train, and then uh, we'll go more in depth in terms of the total uh, human movement in the rest of these podcast episodes. We're having on some great guests in the future. So also the guests we've had are great too, but we're going to have on more great guests. We're going to cover more things. So as these things start to roll out, I want you to pay attention. Maybe, maybe have your notebook handy so you can take some notes, but let us know what questions you have. If you like the podcast, be sure to like it, share it with a friend. And, uh, you know, let me know you liked it. Write us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, I'd love to continue to grow this thing and, and make it so that you're actually getting some real value out of it. So instead of me just spitting random facts at you, if I get some input from you, I'm not just speaking into the ether. I do see that people are downloading this thing. So I appreciate that. I do. Uh, but I know this is a short one, but I think, I think that's all. We really need to cover. We could definitely go um, uh, down a bit more rabbit holes, but in terms of sustainability of your practice, this is going to be the biggest key foundational things to pay attention to. Um, do you need to be doing, you know, power shrugs and cleans and stuff like that? Sure, these are definitely going to be part of that. Um, but if we take the principles um, at a foundational level and we understand where these muscles are involved then we can incorporate that into our programming and uh, see how all of this comes together, coalesces in a beautiful symphony. Yeah. All right, catch you guys on the next one. Thank you.